throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, we're here uh, as a weekly talk show and we're all about uh, making connections. The ones that we sometimes miss, the ones that we do make, and most importantly, how do we connect to ourselves? I hope that we can entice you and empower you and give you some things that are worth considering that will empower your life. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my usual sidekick co-host, Alexia Georgiousis, naturopathic doctor. How are you? I'm well, Gord. How are you? Good. It's nice to have you on the show. Nice to be here. Nice to be back. Um, We are live tonight, and uh, if you would like to join our conversation, uh, we are toll-free from anywhere in North America at 1-888-346-9141. We welcome any calls. So tonight we're talking about letting go. Uh, We've heard that one so many times. Oh, you just need to let go. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, it could be letting go of your last boyfriend, girlfriend, or whoever friend. Or letting go of the anger that you're carrying towards a sibling or someone who you think slighted you. Uh, It's often said to people who are grieving, uh, which is really unfortunate. I don't think it's a good phrase uh, Mm -hmm. that they need to let go of the loved one who who just died. I think it's very confusing. I think it is very confusing because in some ways it's a little bit dismissive. It's very dismissive. It also seems as if it infers that it's easy. (laughs) <laughs> just let go. Let go of the edge of the pool to swim, you know? Right, exactly. Let go of the edge of the airplane to fall out of, right, you know, right. <laughs> or jump right. out of if you're, a, you know, a parachutist. Um, yeah, and, and people people actually get very angry about it and, and feel frustrated because somehow or other, the person who says it, as you said, there's almost like a patronizing, condescending, you know, it just feels like, well, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's so true, you know. So why don't we back up a little bit to, you know, humans and our need to be social. We are absolutely programmed to be social. Um, we, I, I, I really believe, in, as I've read others, that, um, you know, if it wasn't for our ability to have learned how to socialize and travel in groups, we probably wouldn't have survived as a species, we would have been sort of eaten up along the way. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's even, you know, if you ever seen a, a group of birds when, when a hawk flies over and they all like pigeons were even, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, they all come into this like tight, tight thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, we learned to do the same thing so that I didn't, you know, become lunch somewhere out on the savannah to, you know, some pterodactyl or something. Um, so our brain then is, is wired to attach to others and, you know, uh, not just be with them, but we attach to people and that's where we start to get into trouble on them right away. You know? Yeah. That's an interesting point around, you know, the word attachment, but going back to your point around the idea of sort of a flock and how protective that is, there's power Mm -hmm. in numbers you know, there can be also even in in uh, like long distance cycling, like Tour de France. Whenever you see the cyclists, and one person will try to break away from the pack, and usually the pack will catch up to that person. Yeah, because it's much too hard to try to carry everything on your own, and and that that's also makes me think of this around we are we need each other, but it also is interesting as sometimes we need to leave a pack, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But, uh, well, that goes into the attachment piece. But yes. if you look at the Tour de France, so the guy who's out in front has one, two, three guys lined up who are all in their jet stream. That's what I mean, is that it's you know, drafting. So the drafting allows for the efficiency. And they also, you know, the women that are in there as well, they also, you know, take turns in taking the lead. So there's a rotation right. that's happening, but it moves the whole group along. It's very that efficient. That happens with birds. That happens with yeah. birds yeah. as well, um, uh, who, who migrate. 
is, you know, right. sort of at the front of the flock, you know, that V then will, yes. you know, sort of slowly, you know, come to the back and someone else moves forward or some yeah. other animal moves forward. It's a, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting, but it's when, you know, humans, you know, learn to work together and, you know, uh, you know, granted it was like, you know, so the men go hunting and gathering and the women, you know, maintain the village or in some cases it was just intense, you know, I mean, we were very nomadic, right. but it was the fact of, you know, uh, you know, 20 pairs of eyes were better than just mine by themselves on the Savannah, you know, Definitely. Uh, did you hear that? No, you know, it's like, ah, yeah. I'm like, you know, lunch. Um, so, you know, our attachments, you know, is what gets us into places uh, or into, into problems. So we can become very attached to people, places, or things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You know, and I think that our first choice is to be w- with other people. But if our needs are getting met, we don't know how to get our needs met. We may not even know what our needs are then we will, you know, move towards places and things, you know, people's, you know, some people have like homes that are, you know, if something were to happen to that home, that would be like the end of their life. Yeah. You know, all their, their stuff. George Carlin did a great, a great thing about, you know, how we, when we move, we move all of our stuff Mm -hmm. we take our stuff and we put it into, into boxes and we move it to the next place and we unpack all of our stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so much of attachment is based on the value that we place on those things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in other words, it's a mind game. It is a mind game. And I, and I think that was, I want to say Krishnamurti, but I don't know around how to live with the awareness of the fear of, of uh, losing something that you hold incredibly dear. And, and, you know, live with that, that it could go at any time. And I think that that is a, a very powerful way to get a sense of how mentally we become attached, the mindset yeah. of whether it's, you know, um, a piece of, I remember years ago, I had this little, you know, ring that I, I, I got with my sisters on a trip and it was, you know, I think it was like a $10 ring or something. We got it when we were, you know, teenagers or young adults and it was just kind of a joke playful we all all got a different color and and it it meant something it was the it was the sense of the memory and the sense of the experience and connection but it was it wasn't dollar value it was what the attachment was in terms of our own minds and our own hearts yeah, and yeah. thinking oh my god if i lose that then what you know right right, right. then what then what you know, yeah. It's like the whole world's going to fall apart. Exactly. You know? or, or I'll never have that memory of when we did that and we went to that place. And it's like exactly. that suddenly gets obliterated. Yes. You know, um, you know, the, the, you know, the whole thing of, you know, letting go is, is shifting the power that an event holds over us that we've yes. given the power to. I mean, that's yes. really important, you know? So if I think that you've slighted me and somehow, and I'm angry at you and I keep replaying it, and I just hold on to it, you know, then, you know, that, that power that goes into what that event was gets bigger and bigger. In fact, yeah. it probably surpasses the, the, the event completely. You know? Well, it absolutely does. And it's interesting that you bring this up, Gord, the timing, because I was just um, watching the other night a, a video um, by Marshall Rosenberg around nonviolent communication. And this is one of the quotes he said, which I loved Um, And he said, any evaluation of others that implies wrongness is a tragic expression of an unmet need. Yes. And he said that he would suggest that when we don't know how to express needs or listen for needs, then two things happen. One, we don't actually get what we want. But two, that's what leads towards violence. Interesting. So it was, yeah, it was it really angry. Yeah. Because it's we that sense so of, I'm not getting what I want. Right. And also that, that, you know, that reflex that we have where we will essentially say, that's right. This is wrong. 
you know, you're too much. He was giving examples of whenever we're saying, oh, that person talks too much or this person is too whatever. And and his the method, at least my limited understanding of it, is really around identify something objective, not something that you are interpreting. You know, if you say that person's really angry, he's like, how do you know they're angry? If or right. Is there smoke coming out of their ears? said, then maybe you could say, oh, yeah, they, you know, like, like that, right? He's very <laughs> Sometimes. <playful with> it. <laughs> but but it's, it is, goes back to what you were saying about when we don't know how to express needs. Yes. Because yes. needing other people can get confused thinking that you're going to meet my needs. And that's incredibly unhealthy. Incredibly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, probably, you know, one of the, I think, biggest places that we get get so hooked up on, you know, is, is you meet someone, you go out on a date or two or three, you really like them and they they excite you. You like being with them. And, and then we start building a whole fantasy around yes. that person or yes. around us, you know, story. I actually had a, a very, very nice person, a man who came to me who would not date. And I'm like, what is that about? And in his mind, the moment he said, do you want to have coffee? He was walking down the aisle. And I said, well, I wouldn't want to have coffee either. <laughs> you know, um, It was just like, that's where his mind would go to. And so we do that. And then, you know, so, you know, you're really hot to try it about this person. And you've got this sort of fantasy, lifetime fantasy going on. Um, mm-hmm. And then they turned around and said, well, you know, I'm really not into like being in a relationship at this point in my life. Yeah. dashed on the rocks, you know, it's like you're thrown out of the plane. Uh, and, and where did you get to that point is they didn't say anything. They were who they were. It's what our mind did. It's the exactly. development of the fantasy of uh, the expectations, you know, uh, you know, being, being, getting a job, you know, and then imagining yourself as like, you know, working your way up, you're going to be the CEO, you know, the next CEO of this company. And after about 10 years, you get your walking papers, which right. is pretty standard in so many corporations, isn't it? Uh, yes. that, that's this to get rid of the senior people. Uh, and, and it's like, you know, you're in a place of how could this happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most of our time is spent with, you know, not being in touch with reality. It's not how Very did true. it happen. Very true. It did happen. Mm-hmm. And so how are you going to be with it? You know, right. and we, uh, you know, the other place that we spend so much time is could have, would have, should have. I oh, could have no. done this. I should have done that. I would have done this. If only they'd give me an opportunity to do this, you know, right. and it's, and it's, uh, I think it's demeaning to ourselves. I would agree with that. I think it is. And, and, and also, it sort of makes the experience mean as it, uh, sorry, it makes the experience seem as if it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And, and, and when we now go I have into to that place, yeah, exactly. And we think somehow we had control over whatever it was. We don't, <laughs> we really don't. Especially other people. Yeah. Especially other people. We barely can control ourselves, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's a, it, re- it really, you know, I mean, if, if, you know, the big buzzword these days is about mindfulness, mm-hmm. you know, and people are going kind of, what, really, what does that mean? It's just well, like, who you know, wants what? a full mind? You know, I think it's well, mind, mindset. It's, sh- it's shifting, <laughs> it's shifting to, to mindset, but, but full I'm, mind. I have I a full like, mind. Mindful, mindful. <laughs> but, you know, I think. It's, I always say mine is full. I've got about two cells left. I can still take in some more data. Right. I've named them and right, then I'm full. Right. Then I'm full. That's it. I'm out. You know, <laughs> I, I've got to get an external hard drive um, <laughs> to store new memories. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but, you know, mindful is just having an awareness of who are you yeah. in the moment. Yes. In reality. In other words, I mean, that's why it's so sensory. What do you smell? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? You know, uh, uh, how are you breathing? That's really what mindfulness is. Exactly. It's being present, being very present to your experience in yourself and being the observer, but not not with such detachment where 
there's no feeling because I think that's often confused. That yeah. it means you don't feel things, you become robotic, you become completely uh, neutral. And I think sometimes that's often a lot of suppression, you know, instead yeah, yeah. of actually being able to touch the emotion and feel it. It's like, it can be very protective. It can be a way to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm detached. I'm very neutral from this. Well, I'd rather stay in my fantasies. Right. I mean, I mean talk about detachment. Yeah. You know, here we are, we're running down the beach hand in hand. You know, <laughs> and so the wind is warm and whooping through our hair, yeah. you know, and it's just like, why would I want to, you know, the fantasy is just such a great place to go to, but it, it, we really need to understand that fantasy is, is just such a trap for, you know, disappointment and very unmet expectations. Yeah, very much so. I agree. And anger. You know, I mean, that's going to flip around there so quickly. So it's not, you know, you know, this was this was when or how I learned about expectations. I, I actually had to. I won't go into the whole story because we don't have enough time on this segment. But uh, I, I studied ancient Greek and we did so much about Greece. And so I went to Athens and I thought no matter where I was, I would see the dawning of civilization, Western civilization from the Acropolis. Mm, I was three wow. blocks away when I tripped over a stone that said the Acropolis or so, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just so my expectations were dashed. Yeah, I bet they were. I learned I so much were. at that point. We need to take a dash here and uh, take two minute, two minute break. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca Now back to Things Worth Considering Hi, right, welcome back. Uh, we're talking tonight about letting go. Um, right now, we're kind of hung up in our minds um, as as our place of letting go. We're just talking about the fantasies that we can sometimes build, and you know, when when needs and expectations and so on don't get met, it really dives down into then our self esteem issues. Um, you know, in other words, it keeps going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Well, and and especially if we don't have that sense of not being able to recognize what a true need is. Uh, I mean, I've been teaching for so many years and, you know, it's like, write down now, what are your five most important needs? And people are like, I don't know. know, We really are not, you know, um, uh, trained to understand like the difference between what we want and what we need. Yes. And you know, what we feel. You know, that's and what the, we feel about and, and what we feel about them, because we probably have a judgment around what our needs might be. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. and a sense of, you know, it's vulnerable to actually speak from a place of authentic vulnerability. Right. To say that I actually just really need to connect or right. I really need to feel a sense of, you know, kindness or respect. Yeah. And, now, and, now, if we move that, though, into uh, becoming a want, I want to be with people who, you know, is self-respectful or I want, it's much more empowering than I need. I think need, you know, if you think of the word need, it goes up through your nose. It's a need. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like verging on whining. I okay, need you've just changed that. the word for me now. <laughs> <laughs> but to say I want, you know, <clears throat> I want to be with someone who respects me. I want to have a job that, blah, blah, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I. I, and I would say to clarify that around need, I, I said it incorrectly because I feel uh, it's more around having a need. I have a need for right. blank. Right. Instead of I need, you're right. Absolutely right. It's, it's, it becomes a sense of um, powerlessness. It does. It does. Yeah. So your needs end up victimizing you. Yes. <clears throat> in a way. And I think that, you know, people are trying to avoid that when, when, uh, uh, in terms of how they express it or or totally isolate themselves away from it. But if we if we move that into a place of want, you know, I want this in my life or yeah. whatever, I think it's much more empowering. I think you know, it is too, actually. Language I, I is do. so important. Language is so important as to how we, we place it. It is. And and even as you're saying it, I can I sort of have a sensation of need is sort of passive. Yes. Like having a need where it's, there's not really, um, it's, it's almost waiting. Whereas, and I don't know if I'm using right yeah, words to describe it, but the, but wanting is a sense of, there's more movement to me when I just think of it. I want, I want I'm going to go something. out there and look for it. Yes. You know, something like that. Can, yeah. Need is I'm waiting for the waiter to bring over something on a silver platter and put it down, you know? Right. Uh, there is, there's, there's uh, it really lacks that, that energy. Yeah. Know? But I think there's a good balance there because I feel that sometimes when you're in a place of wanting all the time, then it can also, you know, take away from the ability to receive or the ability to actually be mindful or present because it's that sense of, I want something other. And because how do you know when you get it? How do you know? Right, right, you right. Know? Well, I mean, you know, that's that whole thing of the, the, the balance of the giving and the receiving. Mm-hmm. There's lots of givers, and they're really bad at receiving. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm probably in that boat. And a, and a fair number of takers. <laughs> a lot of there. takers. There's a lot takers of takers. Who, who <laughs> yep. yep. A lot who, of takers. You know, who don't, I don't think it's necessarily intentional, right? I think that it's just... Um, you know, again, I'd be asking, what is it that, how does that behavior serve something for the person? Right. Well, it allows, you know, the person who's a giver to give. Yes. Even if it feels like it was taken away, right. they still, you know, they still feel that they fulfilled their role in the world and of their self-definition. And the taker's like, hey, it's there for the taking. Yeah. Why would well, maybe I the, the taker is like, well, I don't want to disappoint this person. So I'm just going to, you know, take. Uh, you're being too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a giver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, le- I've learned balancing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, balancing. Exactly. You know, uh, if we can think of our thoughts as absolutely meaningless crap, and people really, people really take great offense to this sometimes when I've said this, and that is. You know, it's kind of like we're sitting in this energetic pool of movement. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a boom, 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 boom. It goes through it. It's going through your brain. But then we suddenly decide to grab onto something. Yeah. One little piece of cosmic garbage that wasn't there when you woke up this morning. But now you have blown it into this huge drama piece or you know or maybe it's a great drama and you've written it all down and you've you know sold it to the television networks but right, you know right. it's like right. it's direction isn't it you know but um people 
people think that whatever we think, it must be real, it must be right. But you can think anything you want, you know, including all the all the the fantasies that oh you'd never admit to having. You cut off whose head? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know where are those hands buried? Um, you know, right. it's like we would never. You know, I was so angry. I just you know chopped them up. We don't admit that kind of stuff, but yeah, we no. we have those thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so if we if we can. You know, if anything, let go or stand back and just observe how many ideas, you know, run through your mind. You know, when I'm in class, I, I, I tell people that, you know, for the next like couple of minutes while I'm talking about blah, 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 I want you to just mark down just a little tick mark every time you think of something different. And they're like, yeah, but are, are we going to fail for not participating, you know, right. uh, because, you know, they're thinking about something else, but it's, it's, it's quite staggering. Like on a second by second page, not minute by minute, second by second, you know, how much just floats through our brain. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll make a meatloaf for dinner. Oh yeah. Well, I should take the kids to the park tonight after the meatloaf. Uh, oh, I'll call, I'll call Jerry. He can do the meatloaf, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And, and the whole time they're sitting in school, you know, learning or whatever is, is like our brain, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I love about what I do is I can't teach the way that I teach or do therapy and think about anything else. That has been the gift in my world to me is my ability to stay in the moment. Yeah. And I think that that's much easier when you're in the lead or when you're speaking and you're in more engaged when you're trying to listen. Or you're listening. Listening, listening with like in terms of, you know, whether it's a lecture or whether it's a presentation, Mm. I think that it's, it can be a little more challenging because there's, when we're, when we're in the passive role or whether listening is passive or not, but it, it doesn't engage our senses the same way as when we are presenting because it's performing, right? It's like a teaching, it's, it's leading, it's trying to lead and demonstrate, but it is more challenging when when I think people are in the listening role because it's easy to get distracted when you when you don't feel like you're you know absolutely connected in that moment or you it's won't much, be centered out yeah yeah <laughs> you know, exactly I mean I learned the hard way of of once uh, uh, I had a client this is many many years ago and was you know this woman and she was going on about something and I kind of dozed off a little bit my eyes were wide open though, but I like checked out through my brain somehow. Yeah. And then damn it. If she didn't ask a question. Oh no. <laughs> and I answered it from the dream state that I was, I'd entered into. Right. And she was like, what? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I laugh about it now. I was, I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified. Oh, I bet. Know, I'm when sure. That happened. I'm sure. Uh, but I, I really learned them, you know, like the, yeah. you just can't, you just can't drift. It, and, and, you know, it's funny because, Gorda, I think part of this too is that what I find is I'm becoming more and more aware of how much time and how many words we seem to need to use to keep talking. You know, we sometimes just talk way too much. That, Except on talk and, radio. Right, right. Because silence exactly. doesn't go very far. Yeah, I guess we could just sit here in silence, right? <laughs> yeah, that hey, welcome well. to the show. Yeah, really. <laughs> Crickets. Um, but, 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 but that sense of, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the story. You know, and like you said, there's one thought you can grab onto and it can become a story. It can become oh, yeah. an analysis or rumination or replay and over and over, you know, seeing it, visualizing it, hearing it over again. And that, I think, is also where people spend a lot of time, you know. But it takes, it takes some effort, some conscious effort to notice and to choose to say, okay, I need to be in my body. I need to go into nature. I need to play music or do some art or stop the talking, stop the thinking, pause the thinking, I should say. I mean, we can't stop it. You it's can't stop it. It's impossible. But it's just, it's just yeah. channel, channeling it differently. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, a couple of exercises that I do and, and I've taught people how to do, that just brings you into your body like really quickly. 
You know, it just, it's just such a different place because suddenly all the mind chatter stops. Yeah. You just feel your own presence. And, and that's a pretty powerful thing to experience. You know? Very powerful. Um, and, and, you know, it really, it's just so, so easy to do um, that, that, you know, we should be teaching children how to do this, you know, because over the, over the course of the time, we just slowly move out of our body. And this is yeah. on a day by day, hour by hour basis and wind up going, leh, 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 you know, in our brain. You know, creating narratives and stories. And oh. unless you're a writer, you know, or an actor, you know, who does who does improvisational work, yeah. then this is really a problem. It is, it is a problem. And like you said, hopefully there'll be new systems. I mean, I think a lot of creative people and people that are are willing to sort of think outside of the box around looking at what is needed, where the gaps are, and really you know, what we're experiencing now and what we've always experienced is is really the consequence of our internal world and also external behavior. And unless we start to teach and help parents and young children and communities learn how to feel these emotions and how to really experience them without causing harm, then I think it's going to take some time. And right? you know what's going to take time? Is when we stop blaming. Yeah, that too. That too. we want to blame. You know. So one of one of my examples is you know you meet somebody, you know here is your knight on his charger, you right. know the 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 ultimate fantasy thing, right? Yeah. And he, you know, so he falls off his 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 horse or whatever. You know, he never said anything about even liking horses, <laughs> you know, or knowing how to ride horses. But our fantasy. Took him and made him the head of the, you know, head of the the entire herd of, of horses there, you know, or whatever it's called, uh, you know, and and we want to blame him now. Well, you know, I, he came across like he was like, you know, a knight on a charger and, you know, and yeah, that's very what true. we want to do. We want to blame. Yeah. We want to blame other people for our fantasies yeah. when they don't live up to our expectations. Well, it's easier. It's 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 easier, and remember, we. It's not us, though. It's not though. It keeps us in internal conflict. It, yes, I agree. But what I'm saying is that when we have not learned anything else, how to be another option, then it feels easier that this is just where we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to go, instead of having someone say, "Hey, hang on a sec. Why are you? You know, not why, but look at how you're blaming the, the you know this person for your." fantasy what's your responsibility what's your experience you know not what they did or didn't do but what what's happening for you and those uh questions i don't i think come quite late in many people's lives when they go into therapy not in not in you know uh young ages like little kids for the most part no 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 you know? no but they could if they we could. caught them they could we, i we think it'd be amazing way you know but we, you know, we, we put our, all of our expectations over on other people. We do. You know, or Often. our partners, our children, our jobs, on yeah. our coworkers, you know, and they have to meet our needs. You know, uh, you know, if my kids do really, really well, uh, or my one kid, uh, and becomes a Supreme Court justice, damn, that makes me look like a really good parent, doesn't it? You know? If I have a fancy car, they're going to know I'm making it. And I got the biggest mansion on the street that's all decorated up and hee-haw. You know, I not only have money, but I'm still making more. Right. You know, I mean, that's a kind of, uh, uh, you know, things that we're, we're, we're putting out there because we don't believe in ourselves. You know, yeah, they we become don't believe our in ourselves. We don't trust. We don't, we don't ultimately learn how we feel and can create our own experience of feeling joy, feeling complete. Well, that was like the, in class last night that, you know, uh, uh, how do you stop yourself from being happy? Right. You know, can we, can you find a way to be, be happier? Right. A saying from uh, Wayne Dyer that uh, every, everyone knows passed away last year. I think it was or two years ago now. Yeah. said the conflict cannot survive without your participation. Yeah, I love that. 
that's just such a great saying. You so know? great. Yeah. At, at any level, but that includes your own inner conflict. Yeah. And, and that's really what the big problem is, is, is the conflict that's inside of us uh, that causes such distress. And it's because in many ways it contradicts our reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is our belief system. Right. You know, right. so if I make sure that my kid gets all the way through and, and, and ends up being nominated for the Supreme court, um, my, my contradicting reality is, is that, Oh my God, I was such a bad parent, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it just, everything goes into to contract. So I have to make sure that no one can see what the real story is. I know it just becomes the wall that I build. And you're only going to see this wall. You're not going to see what I see on the other side of the wall, which isn't even yeah. painted. Right. right. And you that know? sense of, of sort of self, everything is a reflection of me. Yeah. You know, of my, you know, uh, and, and in terms of putting that much pressure on someone else to perform, be, yeah, perform and to satisfy a, a need inside. It's like that again yeah. is. I need to be seen as being a good parent. Right. And in order to have that to be seen, you have to perform for me. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a, you know, in family systems, uh, that's, that's a classic, you know, the first child, the right. star hero child. Let's go and be a star somewhere else. We need to break for a commercial here. We'll be back in two minutes. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we've been talking about uh, letting go and how much our brain is a part of that whole whole problem of uh, why we hang on to things in the first place. You know, uh, uh, you know, one of the 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 or part of the the four noble truths in in Buddhism is that our suffering is in direct proportion to our attachment. You know, the more we're attached to something, the more, you know, likelihood we're going to suffer. Um, and, and suffering doesn't have to always be seen as being horrific. You know, I mean, right. it, is, it is, you know, it's part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's often out of it, we learn way more than when I'm doing my happy tap dance, you know, with my violin. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm not learning a whole lot there. Yeah. I'm learning a lot when I'm hurting. Yeah, I, I think that's what uh, is just so important. You know, if I'm feeling really good on my happy dance, you know, uh, I don't want to think about, you know, 
what should I do next with in my life? I'm not going to do that. You know, nobody's going to do that. No. And I I think especially with the um, internal work or the personal work, when we're hurting, we learn so much more. I find when it's something like a, a class and teaching, when there's fun involved and play, people do learn with, with in a different way. Yes. And you could, you know, anything that's sort of in, really engaging. Um, but when you really go into the sense of feeling the pain, because I feel like it's, it's the suffering and seeing that exploring what it's really about, bring, yeah. bringing curiosity. And then I'm not going to die from it. Right. You know, but There's I a lot have of that fear resilience. Of that. Oh, huge. I mean, I've met people huge. where it's like, if I start crying, I don't think it'll ever stop. I'll never stop. Yeah. And so, but you know, that leads me into grieving. That leads me into grieving. Okay. And that is, for some people, that crying remains the only attachment to the person who died. Mm, I see. Yeah. If they they cry, then the sense then that's it's that it's even more loss. Right. At least in that in that tearful state of that crying. They feel connected to the event. They feel, you know, to, to the loss of that person. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think grieving and letting go should never be spoken of at the same time. You know, they, uh, I, I think that we got it wrong um, when, you know, people who, who, who do grief counseling or they say they're doing grief is, is, you know, you just have to let it go. And it's like, I don't want to let it go. This was the love of my life. This was my parents. This was my dog. This was, you know, the love of my life. Uh, any of those things, it doesn't matter. Again, we're going to have a narrative around it, but it's that attachment piece. What death allows us to do is to change our relationship with whoever it is that died. Because I happen to really believe that energy is there in my heart or around me for the rest of my life. So this isn't about letting go. This is about how will I learn to live with my grief. Mm. And integrate it. And integrate it. Integrate yeah. it. Integrate know? this. And this. still have my life and, and, yeah. and so on. But there'll always be that special place, you know, that, uh, you know, it's like little compartments. Each have their own little compartment, you know, of all the people that have died in my life. And there's been many, including a partner. You know, and my mom and my dad and my grandma and grandpa and on and on. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> they're around me. But their energy is around me. Um, if anybody said you have to let that go, I would let them go. <laughs> you know, the person saying it. Uh, because you can't let go of that level of emotional uh, attachment you reintegrate it differently. Yeah. So this is, this makes me think of an interesting question. I'm not sure how I can word this. So, you know, when someone has, when there's been a massive change or a massive sense of loss, whether it's a person or relationship, um, something that's just no longer part of your world. Mm-hmm. And have you met people who are, <clears throat> pardon me, sort of stuck in that where they, they, the, the, uh, you know, it's been years, it's been, let's say 10 years, 20 years. Yes. And yet they really cannot let themselves live because sometimes I think when other people say, you know, you need to let this go or you need to let it go. It's the idea of how do you move and live in your life with this? But I think it gets, misinterpreted or it's heard differently. So when the anger comes up, well, what do you mean I have to let go of this? I don't necessarily think that when the other person is saying this, they're saying it from a place of being too critical. Um, But I feel like it's, I've seen that, you know, I've seen people where it's been 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. And it's called complicated grief. It's an actual, you know, it's an actual term, you know, Um, you know, I think, well, one of the things that I have done over and over again is to reinforce the fact that it was so-and-so that died, not you. Mm. Is, this, is this how so-and-so That's would very want powerful. you That's to very live? Powerful. Because you're the one that is still living and their energy is with you. Is this how your husband would imagine you living this way? 
because you're not living, but you're not dead either. I mean, it it, it evokes tears. It, it could be, you know, it evoke, evoke sure. anger. But sure. you know what? It, it's like you, you kind of just said, it's that, you know, it's bringing forth that emotion that creates the movement, yeah. you know? Uh, when you when you said about you know uh, someone uh, a mentor of mine said make them laugh or make them cry but make them feel something mm-hmm. to remember what you said. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, as soon as you so... were saying that, I imagined it's like a, it's as if a little window opened, you know, it, it, to be to hear, you know, oh, it wasn't they died, but you didn't. That's right. And it's like a little reminder. Wait a minute, I am alive. I am here. Yeah. So very. And so very it's like we plant, words. we plant that little, you know, the mustard seed parable that comes out of the the Bible and Christianity. Yes, yes. You know, uh, you put that little seed in there, right? And then yeah. you know, sometimes it grows, sometimes it dies, and you put another seed in. You know, but but uh, I think that if we if we can one help people to reclaim their life in spite of their loss, and it's not. That's not easy because loss doesn't necessarily mean death. You know, loss can be their sense of self. There, if they've been violated, they, you know, Absolutely. all of those kinds of things. Absolutely. They can feel responsible that yeah. they brought it on. Especially right. children who've been sexually abused. Right. They, they must be right from the get go taught that this isn't their fault. Yeah. You know, they had in no way, shape, or form were they responsible for what happened to them. Yeah. Um, because most most people who have been sexually abused walk around believing that somehow or other they caused it. I know. I know. And that's but yes. that's what the perpetrators want them to believe. They yeah. is a, like a, a real manipulative concept, yeah. you know. But you know, uh, uh, and that's just a tremendous amount, you know, that's what they need to let go of that they're responsible for it. Right. And I think uh, there's sometimes with with um, people who have been widowed that there's and especially for parents who lose children, that it's a sense of, you know, such pain and also um, sometimes guilt about feeling joy again. You know, yes. uh, You know, somehow I I'm not allowed to to feel joyful. Survivor guilt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the the person who walks away from the car crash right. or the plane crash right. or, or whatever, right. you know. Um, but it's like, uh, where do we find then a reason? Why would God want you to survive? Mm-hmm. What haven't you done yet? What what what's still unfinished? What where do you still need to go here? Because if you believe that, you know, uh, uh, you know, it would have been best like. It, it's unfair or whatever. And sure it is. Of course it is. But here's the reality. You're here. And that comes back to that reality check again. Yeah. You know, forget the narrative that you're telling yourself through right. your guilt or through your shame. And then there's reality. Mm-hmm. And what's the reality of this? Yeah. You're here. Yeah. You're here. You're here because you still got a five-year-old kid, or you're here because you have 30 children that you still teach every day, you know, uh, or 30 adults you teach every day, you know, somewhere or other, it's having, it's, it's re- reestablishing and refinding a reason for being here. Mm-hmm. You know, I and think I think that, that's very challenging too, because, of course you is. know, people who maybe don't have family or dependents or children or, and, and then their sense of, well, is it just work? And if that's, if that's not enough, then it can feel like, well, I don't know why I need to be here. And, right. and I think that's also part of, you know, the lack of community in the world that has created a lot of isolation and loneliness. You know, remember we talked about that study in the UK was, didn't they start with the loneliness project or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still they, going on, actually. It's still going yeah, on. So, and it's, it's quite shocking, right? You know, we've got all these mm-hmm. people, but yet a lot of people feel very, very lonely. So, I mean, I, I want to, and they do, there's no question about it. But then the challenge is, how do they participate in that inner conflict of loneliness? Ah, good, good question. Yeah, good statement. You know, is that, uh, yes, I can feel lonely and I know that it's really bad for me medically and psychologically, but I'm not going to go out the door. 
So I'm participating in my own angst, in my distress. Yes. All right. Yes. So, and so many of us do that. Yeah, I'm just going to walk around saying I'm not participating in that. Alexia, I'm not participating. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really. Exactly. Exactly. So what if I'm lonely? Who cares? I'm not you know? participating in that story. <laughs> but it's it's great. It's a great uh, it's a great thing to to uh, have in mind, right? A great affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, people. You know, uh, certainly with you know with the school, people come as a college, and it's like, you know, I really need to know what my higher purpose is, and they're looking for something big and highfalutin. You know, yes. like they're going to be like the next, you know, head of the Russia because there's going to be an opening soon. <laughs> um, you know, but it's it's um, sometimes it can be as simple as at some point to take care of a parent. Yeah. When yeah. they become disabled or, you know, that you agreed to this somehow in, in whatever contracts we don't understand, you know. Exactly. But I, exactly. I think that our higher purpose might be to just love to be satisfied and happy. Yeah. I mean, take care God, of ourselves, you know, be kind. The more I take care of myself, the more I can take care of others. Exactly. You know, in a healthy way, in a healthy way. Yeah. You know? So I think that sometimes we get into a narrative of, you know, something lofty, like you're going to save the world and, you know, be the next Jesus. And I kind of point out, like, look what happened to him. I don't think we need someone that's, you know, making a statement that they're going to save the world. You know, history does repeat itself. Um, We don't need, you know, heroes. We don't need heroes. We need reality. We need reality. And we need to lead ourselves. We need to take responsibility for, you know, creating our experience. Yeah. And it, that, that's, that's, that's courage. And that's also becoming an adult, a conscious adult, hopefully healthy adult. Uh A healthy adult. Do you know any? Yes. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) You know, so listen, you know, when it comes to, you know, letting go and grieving or whatever in this area, there's just no quick and easy one, two, three, do these steps and it'll get all better. It just, you know, it's a process and it, it will take as long as it absolutely needs to without judgment. You know, yeah. the first place though for you to start is look at your brain, your mm-hmm. stories. What things are you telling yourself? Right. Now do a reality check and ask yourself, are they true? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Are they true? It's huge. On that note, we have come to the end of our show. I hope you have gotten something from it. Uh, Next week, Alexia and I will be back here at 8 p.m. live, and maybe a surprise is going to happen. Maybe a surprise from Gord. Maybe a surprise for Gord. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week. Stay well, stay safe, and stay curious. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.